Blog Talk Radio. Somebody out there got a dream. Somebody out there got a Johnson and I'm not talking from behind a, a, a pane of glass as a, <laughs> as previously rumored. That's right, that's hey, right. Hey, up, we got it. I know you only got 60 minutes of phone time before you got to go back to your cell, so we got to get this show. Look, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus because you know that my biggest fear is to go to jail and or prison. So we yeah. will go ahead and rebuke that, man. But what's been going on? You've been holding it down for a couple weeks. That I've been out, I have been listening in to the show, uh, and have been doing a phenomenal job. I want to thank uh, Miss Adrian Watson Carver for doing a, a, a darn good job of uh, <laughs> of standing in there for me. Darn tootin'. Yeah, it's been uh, great, great to have you back. She definitely held it down, and uh, Adrian is just excellent all in all that she does. Anyway, so uh, definitely uh, it was fun to have her for a couple of weeks. Good to have you back, though, man. So, so what's been going on, man? I mean, you, I know one week you were tied up in a Brooklyn basement. Right. You know, this week, right. you, you know, uh, this week you, you, you're trying to make us convince us that you weren't uh, incarcerated. <laughs> but what's been going on with you, man? Hey, man, you know, I, I have, as you know, uh, I've been working uh, quite a bit, and I've been working on some projects, man, in the next couple of weeks. I look forward to uh to uh, introducing them to the public, but I uh, have some really exciting things that I'm working on, and uh, and really looking forward to that. So so I will I will say that uh, there will be more information forthcoming. But I have been hard at work, and, and hopefully the fruits of that work will uh, will be shown very soon. Good stuff, man. Absolutely excited for you. I know you've been uh, grinding hard, man, and making it making things happen. So good good stuff. Six four six six five two. Two six four seven is the number to call in six four six six five two two six four seven. You can listen to us on www.blogtalkradio.com/slash Rob Bryce Show, or you can check us out at www.robbryceshow.com. You know, man, it seems like every week there's some Detroit uh, slash Michigan news. Uh, you know, and, and, and this week uh, the the news is is, is Titus Young. Now I know that uh, he was the receiver. I don't even know if the guy was good or not, but he was a receiver with the Detroit Lions that was released uh, over the uh, off season, and and he has the dubious distinction this week of being arrested three times in one week, twice in one day. And I wanted to get the inside scoop, man, from from a Michigan man himself to let us know what is going on with your boy. <laughs> well, well, I will I will tell you that uh, that as a as a Detroit Lions fan, I'm very close to this uh, this situation. Titus Young was actually a first round pick um, a couple years ago. I think this was going on his this would have been his third year in the league, and um, and he came from Boise State. He had had some character issues supposedly, and the Lions, you know, gave him a shot. And he had a couple really good years. I mean, he was he was good, um, but he did have a run in last season in the preseason with the, with a teammate where he. He punched a teammate, and he was suspended from the team for a little bit. You know, people kind of, a lot of us, myself included, brushed it off as just, you know, uh, something that happened in practice that was being blown out of proportion. But uh, but in, in the actual season, there was a play, I think they were playing the Packers, if I remember correctly, 
and he uh, he lined up in the wrong uh, the wrong spot on the on the on the field, and then after that he was suspended for a couple for the for like the rest of the season, and then um, and then he went on a Twitter rant over the summer about how you know he had to get the ball, so he basically was cut after a, a series of of uh, you know questionable decisions on his part, and um, and you know he he tried out for some more teams. I think he signed uh, with the Rams and got cut. Or, uh, got cut by them also, but um, but you know when when this thing happened with him getting in arrested twice in a night, I guess his car was impounded under suspicion of uh, of a DUI, and then they caught him trying to sneak into the impound to um, to steal his car back. So that's really so. So then he gets arrested. He got arrested for that, and then later later on, I guess he gets out and then he tries to break into somebody's house like in, in the same week. So. You know, you of course you you hit me up and uh, and wanted to make fun of my former lion. Uh, well, you know, I, I, it was it was a, a all in jest. It really was just trying to get to the bottom of the story. I knew you would have oh, inside information. Well, well, me my, myself, you know, I even you know through all this whole process, I've been talking about what what terrible decisions this kid is making. Um, but as it turns out, he may actually have a mental issue. And as you go back and look at it, I I, I think it probably you have to be a little um, have have some screws loose or some some things that aren't connecting if you decide to sneak into an impound and steal your car back. Right. So uh, yeah. so maybe yeah. maybe that is it. But you know we wish we wish Titus Young the best. You know he he was a, a good player for us. I thought I mean he had a lot of promise. Um, but you got to get that stuff taken care of, man. If you have if you have mental issues, you got to take your medication, which I heard he wasn't doing, and all this stuff is coming out from his father recently, but uh, right. whatever's going on, you know, not, hate to see a, a, a good man go down for whatever reason that is. So, And that, the main reason I even brought it up, it was not to uh, make fun of Titus Young, but it was because uh, his dad mentioned the mental issues, and that's what I wanted to uh, kind of touch on. We, we definitely need to uh, get some experts on the show at some point and really uh, discuss that uh, the mental uh, health issues in the black community, especially are looked at as such a, a taboo light, uh, but there's a lot of people out there suffering and struggling, and we're just quick to say, hey, you know, such such is crazy. And, you know, we use that term in one way, but literally um, it, they, they could actually have mental issues that they don't get addressed. Uh, so we're going to have to do that one day. Definitely wishing uh, him the best, uh, wishing he gets his, uh, gets his life together in, in a positive way. So... You know, exciting news over there. Only exciting thing going over here, man. You know, Maryland and the East Coast is on cicada watch. We're <laughs> we're, we're bracing ourselves and waiting and waiting. Uh, I think the first report that I read when it came out a couple months ago said that it would happen between uh, April and uh, Memorial Day. Uh, so we got about a, a week and a half left before Memorial Day, and it's weird, you know. I've been planting, you know, grass and, and taking care of the yard and things like that. And uh, every, I look out and I see, like, three holes in the ground. You know, I'm like, well, <laughs> three holes that definitely look like they could have been burrowed by cicadas. <laughs> oh, no. so, but, but there's no signs of them yet. I haven't heard them or seen them yet, but definitely uh, wondering if, if uh, that's what I see or not. But we're waiting, man. We're supposed to get it kind of bad. Uh, well, certain parts of Maryland and uh, other parts of the East Coast are supposed to get it pretty bad. So we shall see. What's going on with that? Uh, that? That's about the biggest thing happening uh, over here. Well, so. I'll tell you what. I, I'm I'm a little bit um, concerned about our big event in the summer. Hopefully the cicadas have left the building by then because, um, you know, I, I would hate to catch you on uh, on video doing something that's viral video worthy when a cicada lands on your ear or something. <laughs> you know what? Actually, what? I might like that. So, come you on, know, being, being the planner that I am, we made sure we took care of that by making sure our event was way after uh, not only the skaters uh, have gone, but should be cleaned up by now. And uh, speaking of that big event, you know, uh, we'll go ahead and, and we want to put it out there at the beginning of the show. We got a huge R&B announcement. It's back. What you've all been waiting for, Recess 2013 has been announced it's going to be the first weekend in August, August the 2nd through 4th, in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. All the R&B listeners are going to descend upon the nation's capital 
each week we're going to have more and more information coming out for you. But right now, that's the date. Book your travel. Get here by plane, train, cicada, automobile, whatever it may be. <laughs> Get yourself to Washington, D.C. I'm telling you, it's the one event, Brian, that you know, this will be our third one as we continue to build uh, this event and this brand. Uh, it's the one event that uh, people who come to the event are super excited. They always walk away uh, feeling like they got even more out of it than they expected to. And, and those who miss it always punch themselves for the next year wishing they would have found some way uh, to get to the big event, uh, recess 2013 for this time. So definitely uh, don't miss out. Make your plans now. Come on to D.C. August 2nd through 4th. We're going to have hotel information hopefully by next week. Uh, we can finalize that uh, from from the actual hotel. But uh, looking forward to it. Make sure you guys are planning August 2nd through 4th, recess 2013, the R&B exclusive. Right, and and you know you 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 left out a really important um, a really important message in that, and, and that's that last year, true story, we had a couple that met at Recess 2012, and they're getting married next year. So Absolutely. you look if you're looking to get married, you <laughs> may want to come out to Recess. You may want to be there. You may want to be there. Absolutely, that's right. Met at recess, engaged. That's just what we do, man. We just look out for yeah. people and make sure we make people's lives better. You know, not, not only was it at recess, but it was at recess at recess. It was like a <laughs> double recess. Man, that's too much. Man, let's keep it moving, man. Let's jump into All the right. show. I know you've been gone for a while. We had to uh, shoot the breeze for a minute. But we've been launching these new segments all month long, uh, kind of retooling some things that we're doing here at the Ryan and Brian Show, uh, trying to make sure we bring segments and, and features to the listeners that are going to be helpful and uh, are going to be of value to you. And this week we have a new segment that we're going to uh, launch. And right now we're going to call it the Corporate Ladder because this one is all about career advancement. It's about uh, just how to better yourself, uh, whether it be the workplace, home business, uh, your business, whatever it may be. And we want to bring on our expert who's going to be joining us every uh, – this week she's here for the third Wednesday, but uh, starting next month is going to be the second Wednesday of every month. And we're going to have her. She'll be joining us. And welcome to the show. Let me make sure I get a line open. Miss Hennifer Cole, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Can you hear me okay? We can definitely hear you. Awesome. Yeah, Thanks so much. Thank you. So, Hannah, we want to definitely thank you uh, for for joining the R&B team and excited about uh, the, the feature and, and some of the information that you'll be bringing us over the upcoming months uh, as it deals with uh, just work and just really trying to help people improve themselves uh, in the workplace and, and, the prof- and their profession. Uh, so before we get started, I want you to go ahead and give your 30-second commercial and tell our listeners just who Ms. Cole is. No problem. Thank you again so much for having me. I am extremely excited about it. Um, As you know, this is definitely one of my passions. But, again, my name is Hennepin Bianca Cole, a career coach and small business specialist with Career Image Solutions, where we provide human resources-related services for career seekers, business owners, as well as students. All right. And, Hennepin, how did you get started uh, doing what you're doing? Because you – you know, and being with HR and helping people in their careers, uh, what was it about this uh, avenue that made you say, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be? Well, um, since graduate, actually since high school, I was I've been in the human resources arena, and um, I remember working in the staffing industry and had exposure to the hiring professionals as well as the career seekers, and I just started getting really frustrated because I would come across individuals that may. Um, they, they had all the credibility, they had all of the characteristics, but their resume didn't look good. So I couldn't, um, I couldn't forward them over to the hiring official, and vice versa. I would see information from the hiring official, and I would know that they may, it may not be the best fit for that person, but I had to go ahead and make the placement. So, I literally, Career Image Solutions was literally birthed out of frustration uh, because of what I was seeing. Um, and I couldn't do anything about it because I was working for someone else. Um, so that's pretty much how I got started. 
All right. Now, what do you want? Oh, we're going to talk today. We're going to get, jump right into it. Uh, what do you have lined up for us tonight? Well, um, given some recent legislation <laughs> um, regarding some privacy acts, I wanted to uh, let the listeners know today about social media and how it affects their careers and their businesses. Um, just last month, uh, the Congress was trying to pass uh, the Password Protection Act of 2012, but they were defeated. And what this pretty much meant uh, was that um, they wanted to stop employers from asking for uh, the username and password from employees and prospective candidates. So literally what was happening is that individuals would go on the job interview and they would get all the way to the wire. I mean, their references would be good, their resume was good, their interview was good, and what would happen is at the last minute they say, you know what, we really like you, but we want to check your Facebook page. And, yeah, and um, definitely, as you can imagine, people were, you know, just literally started an an uproar about it, um, started getting really appalled, saying it's my privacy. And um, as an avid Facebook user, I definitely see so many profiles. You know, people like the vet on Facebook um, to tell about how their day was and how their job is treating them, so on and so forth. Um, but, in fact, the law has not passed federally yet. Um, so it is still legal for employers to ask employees or prospective candidates for their username and passwords. Um, I wanted to also bring to the listeners' attention that there are six states, however, and you mentioned one of them already, <laughs> um, six states that um, have passed the law, um, California being one of which, Illinois, Michigan, New Jersey, Delaware, and, of course, Maryland. So among these states, um, they are not allowed to ask um, prospective, their current employees or prospective candidates for username and passwords. Um, but really, um, Ryan, it's fair game um, because, as you know, social media, a lot of people think that their privacy protects them, things of that nature. Um, but just for the sake of you liking a post, it kind of brings attention to yourself. As a matter of fact, in um, in Michigan, a teacher's aide was suspended. Um, apparently, a lot of the other teachers, they were friends with her on Facebook, and um, she posted some provocative pictures. So it started an uproar, you know, in the lunchroom, and her the, the school system um, in Michigan went asked her for her username and password, and that's actually what prompted, um, since last year, what prompted Michigan to move forward um, with passing that legislation to say, hey, you know what, you can't ask employees or prospective candidates for their username and passwords. Right. So, man, that's really interesting because I, I know, uh, you know, Facebook actually birthed this whole Ryan and Brian show. So, you know, we're, we have, um, you know, a lot of love for Facebook and the use of it. My question is, so what types of things were employers looking for or do employers look for and um and you know what are some of the um, what are some of the things that you've heard uh, employees or prospective uh prospective employees get in trouble for well i I worked um with a particular company that um actually they're still one of my clients where they hire uh teachers for their after school programs. And one of the things that they wanted to look for was the fact, you know, they may have great references. Actually, references are the most uh, unreliable source. <laughs> However, it's the most used because you're going to use a reference that is going to say good things about you. However, most people, because, you know, employers know that most people just kind of rant and rave on Facebook, you can tell that the person, uh, you can tell a lot about a person's character. If they, you know, are uh, posting drunk pictures on Facebook or if they're liking a lot of uh, even pornographic information on Facebook or if they're, um, you know, using a lot of uh, just obscene language, you can just tell a whole lot about character. Now, although it's not necessarily, you know, the most reliable, however, employers do see that as a form of or a source of kind of passing judgment on if this is the right candidate. Um, I have a specific example. There was another um, 
is still in the education arena, especially, you know, you're working with students and, you know, you're supposed to be setting an example. Um, so there was a, a teacher and she apparently had a, a really good night <laughs> one weekend uh, with her friends and her friend tagged her in a picture where um, she was half exposed and it just went viral. Um, because of that, the school system, again, just did not want her on board, and, in fact, she was suspended. So employers are seeing this as, as a mode of kind of judging character, kind of revealing the things that you normally would not say in an interview. We all know we, we've all been prepped for the interview, so we know what to say. Um, but, the, but looking at Facebook and Twitter kind of reveals the things that typically is not said during the interview. You had a follow-up, Brian? No, I was just going to say it seems a lot easier oh. just to have an interview question that says, do you like to get naked on the weekends? <laughs> <laughs> Independent on the but, job. But, you know, but you already know. You already know what the answer would be. I'm telling you, you can tell. When I interview people, you can tell people that are prepped. Because this is what I do, too. I know when people are prepped. You know, so, of course, they're going to say, oh, no. And you can't ask questions like that anyway. That's illegal for us <laughs> to ask those questions. But absolutely, I agree. I wish I wish things weren't, you know, as rigid. But there are laws in place, let me tell you. Well, and that's what I was, my question was going to be, uh, because just because there's laws in place doesn't mean that, A, the interviewer knows them or is going to follow them. That's right. uh, and, and B that the interviewee knows them, or or more importantly knows how to navigate around them. I know for myself, I was on an interview one time, a group interview. And it was the final phase of an interview for a position uh, where, and actually, it was a uh, the employees were interviewing me to be their director, and you know it was a panel interview. And one guy asked me, um, "Am I saved? Am I what? My you know, am I saved? Am I a Christian?" What he asked me, "Am I a Christian?" Totally illegal. And I knew it was illegal. <laughs> but got another guy in the uh, interview in the room said, "You can't ask that question." And uh, <laughs> at the same time, sitting there like, "Well, what in the world do I do?" You know, someone else asked if I had uh, plans to run for a political office. You know, so these are some of the questions that you know you know you aren't supposed to get asked. Uh, so even if um, using the social media part, where you're in an interview in one of those great states uh, like New Jersey. Maryland, Michigan, California, uh, and the other two you named that, that that understand that this is foolish. If you're one of those states, but the interviewer still asks you for your Twitter or your Facebook uh, login, how, what advice do you have on how to navigate around that to say, look, you know, you can you say, nah, you can't have it, or you know, how do you uh, let them know this is illegal? I don't want to answer this question. I don't have to answer this question without coming off kind of seeming belligerent uh, and hurting your chances of getting the job. Absolutely. Um, I actually just did a workshop at a university to talk about how to address issues like this. And uh, quite frankly, there's really no other way to say it than um, I believe this is an illegal question to ask. Or, um, you know, at this point, I don't think it will be, I don't think that this question necessarily pertains to the qualifications or the job description that's necessary for this job. There's no way around it. And quite frankly, the employer, regardless, is going to be taken off guard by it because they're like, uh-oh, wait a minute, what did I do, you know? Um, but there are things in place because as soon as a, as soon as an employer, um, that's one of the implications I was going to mention as a business owner for those that are, that are interviewing individuals um, that are in a hiring capacity, as soon as you ask that question, even if the applicant does not answer it, you are now in a liable position. Um, so even though that person isn't an employee, you can say, hey, you know, they weren't a qualified candidate. But because you asked the question in the first place, they can actually go and um, file all types of reports, either the Department of Labor, the National Labor um, Relations Board. Um, they can go seek an attorney's advice. And literally you find yourself as a business owner in a lawsuit for a simple question. You know, and that, see, my thinking was like when I was in that interview, I was like, "Shoot, okay, they asked me an illegal question. Now they have to hire me, right?" Or else I <laughs> you know, I mean, I couldn't hold them hostage but, like that. You couldn't just say, "Now you have to hire me." But I was going to say that. that I was going to say the best answer to that question is, um, "So when do I start?" Because you just asked a, an illegal question, and uh, <laughs> I have you by the balls at this point. That, that's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> it, it doesn't work that way, though, Miss Cole. 
It doesn't. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> we could talk offline about that, but it doesn't work. I have stories today. It does not work that way. Yeah, I mean, fortunately it doesn't, but it happens so much, especially with business owners, because most business owners, especially if you, you know, you have 50 employees or less, even 100 employees or less, and you don't necessarily have an HR department or someone that is, you know, qualified in human resources, learning all of, I mean, this law is pretty new, you know, so as of 2012, and this is um, recent legislation as of 2013. If you don't have someone with their ear to the ground, I mean, you can literally find yourself in a very dangerous and uh, potentially costly situation, you know, um, just by not knowing that you can't ask that question. And career seekers could find themselves in a position where they're not getting a job um, because of what they're posting on social media and or saying, hey, you know, here's my password, here's my username and password. Imagine an employee, I can imagine right now, I bet you there's so many people that don't know that it is it is illegal, you know, even in the state of Maryland mm-hmm. to say for employers not to ask for that. You know, one, one more question about social media uh, I want yeah. to ask you before we uh, get you out of here. Now, what are some of the things that, you know, if you had to recommend maybe three uh, tips for social media use for people who are looking for jobs, uh, what maybe are some tips you can give them on how to make sure their page, uh, they still, you know, are themselves on their page, but it's employer-friendly? Absolutely. Um, one of the first things I always recommend is to have separate pages um, Facebook allows you to have so many different, you know, um, to manage so many different pages. So if you want to have maybe a professional page um, and then have another page strictly for your friends, you have the ability to select add friends as you so wish. So I would definitely recommend that. And if you don't want to have a separate page on Facebook, I would strictly recommend, um, you know, maybe having a LinkedIn profile for your personal and professional life and having your Facebook um, just being, you know, strictly reserved for your friends and, you know, for your ranting and raving. But honestly, if it's that, if if someone can judge you, it can make a, a a bad judgment call on you just because of your post. You probably shouldn't be posting it. I hate to say it, but maybe you should just call a friend and not put it <laughs> in the whole right, world. Right, right, phone a friend. Definitely, definitely. I, yeah, I think. I think that's really important, especially, I mean, the the crazy thing is we kind of think that, you know, it's young people that need to know this. But, oh, it, no. but you know, you see a lot, I mean, adults oh, just no. act like, you know, they're yeah. in their own private, uh, you know, talking into a, a, a tape recorder or something like that. Brian, so. you hit it on the nail. You hit it on the nail. And, you know, I always get this this, this statement as well, especially when I'm speaking to college students. Well, I keep my page private. Definitely want to encourage everyone to still use the privacy settings. Um, I don't I don't know if some people know, but you can actually, you know, block certain people. So if you're, it, you know, it's kind of awkward if your coworker or your boss says, hey, be friend me on Facebook. You don't want to say no, you know. Um, but there are certain features where you can block those certain, you know, those individuals from your statuses. So they wouldn't be able to see any status that you post. So right. definitely look into those privacy settings. I tell you what, I had one coworker, Brian, you know, the one who wanted to be my <laughs> my Facebook friend. I had no problem telling him nah, that wasn't gonna work. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, that's definitely uh good good uh, information as well. Yeah. well I tell you and what, then just the last tip is mm-hmm. just don't be careful, be mindful of who you actually befriend on Facebook and don't like everyone's status <laughs> because <laughs> uh believe it or not, I have an employer right now, Fortune Five um Fortune 500 company, they're looking, even though they're, um, the candidates, um, a lot of people's pages are, are private, you can still see who who statuses that candidate is liking. So, therefore, you can kind of judge by association. So just be mindful of that as well. Just wanted to make sure I put that out to the listeners. Be careful the posts that you like and who you befriend because you can see your friends on Facebook. Awesome. Okay. All right, well, Hannah, definitely, uh, that was an awesome segment. I want you to give out your contact information for those who might want to get in touch with you before next month. Go ahead and do that for us. Absolutely. Um, I can be reached at info at career-image, 
dot com. Again, that's info at career dash image dot com or four one zero six seven one five two nine four. All right, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next month. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Hey man, we might we might have to uh, go and do a friend scrub because I know uh, both of us are, are, are um, above two thousand friends, and you know Luther Campbell or somebody might be on our friends list, and we forgot to take them off. So I think a lot of, a lot of that uh, that she talked about is really important, especially for those that are uh, looking to to stay employed in, in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Yeah, absolutely. You um. You you uh, make make a good point, you know, and it's funny because I, I keep a lot of most of my page. I, you can't see anything on my page except for only thing uh, Facebook makes public is the um, the profile picture and the um, cover Hover. photo. If you're not friends with someone, but the thing is, you know, if you share yourself with mutual friends, you never know who knows who. And of course, it's any kind of way to get. It's always a way to get around stuff. So, like you said, maybe I should go scrub some friends. You know, we were adding friends for this whole show thing. Trying to be celebrities, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, trying to go through and kind of uh, search some people. I tell you what, though, Brian, we got to go to a commercial break. I know you've been gone for a minute, but we actually have some commercials now. So, uh, <laughs> we're gonna come right back in one minute. Listen to the Ryan and Brian show. We'll be right back after this. The week after Christmas. I received a notice from my mortgage company. They were about to foreclose on my house. I called my provider law firm and I told them what was happening to me. They helped me understand my rights and what my options were. With their advice and counsel, I was not only able to prevent foreclosure, but also refinance my home. All by the end of January. While we can't stop you from getting a foreclosure notice, we can help you with the housekeeping. Legal Shield. Total access, total freedom. For more information, go to www.ghmshield.com. All right, welcome back to the Ryan and Brian Show. So, man, we, uh, if you're listening, 646-652-2647 is the number to call in. 646-652-2647 is the number to call in. Uh, blogtalkradio.com slash Rob Bra Show is the website if you want to listen online. So, Brian, man, you know, we, we've got a lot of uh, – this has been a big, big political week, man, a lot of things in the news. I wanted to kind of – I know you have probably been on overdrive processing all this stuff this week, <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I want to kind of, you know – Go ahead and give you a welcome back party and play, you know, we'll kind of talk about some of this stuff, man. Uh, first and foremost, the um, let's start with the IRS scandal, man. The IRS uh, making it uh, um, harder on the Tea Party uh, organizations when they were trying to file for nonprofit um, you know, tax exemption. I'll just read something real quick. Acting Internal Revenue Service Commissioner Stephen Miller revealed on Wednesday that officials had identified two rogue employees that were responsible for subjecting Tea Party groups to extra scrutiny in their request for tax exempt status. Now, um, that, that that was at 4 o'clock when I last got the information on that for this story. Um, by 6 o'clock, the breaking news had come out that Stephen Miller actually resigned from his position as acting director. So, um, you know, of course, the first thing that comes out of one side's mouth is, it's Obama's fault. Right. First thing that comes out the um, Obama side mouth is we didn't know. Uh, so it was rogue employees. We had nothing to do with it. So uh, what, talk to us about this, man. What's going on? What's your take on it? What are you hearing out there? What are people saying? Yeah. Well. Um, well, my take on it is that um, the, uh, like like most things, I, I tend to think that it's best to figure out what's going on before, you know, passing judgment either way. And uh, and unfortunately, in, in today's climate, you have a lot of people who are, you know, very politically motivated and who do really jump to conclusions. I mean, um, this is one thing that, that, unfortunately, you know, the president doesn't run everything even right. though he leaves the free world, you know. So so that's that's one thing. Now, in terms of the, uh, of the, of the IRS, I mean, I 
I think that if if they were acting outside of their uh, outside of, of what they typically do, and they were they are subjecting these Tea Party groups to harsher um, to, to harsher screenings and that, I do think that it, it's important to make sure that those that are responsible are kind of brought to justice or are reprimanded in some way. But you know, my biggest question, man, was. Since when is uh, is a tea? I mean, how do, how might a Tea Party group even get tax exempt status? That's the thing that I don't understand. I mean, I, I guess what they were what they were saying is that you know they were trying to spread freedom or something like that. And and I don't know if you've heard anything about that, but but how do they even expect to get uh, tax exempt status? That sounds mad shady to me, anyway. Yeah, well, see, I don't know if it was the. Um you know, some specific nonprofit group, if it was the PAC, I don't, you know, I'm not really, obviously I'm not a, an accountant or a tax attorney to know who's eligible for tax-exempt statuses or not. But, uh, you know, it's, um, I, I, part of what I did read was because the, the reason these two people probably were so hard on them or why some people feel like this was justified even though it was illegal was because, you know, the, ta- the Tea Party is the, the, the party of no taxes. They don't want the, the, or, or the government to tax them. So maybe that was what they wanted. You know, they wanted to make sure they had some kind of tax-free organization so they didn't have to pay the taxes that they didn't feel like the government should be charging anyway. I, I don't think – I don't see how, um, you know, you can really consider yourself uh, American and not want to pay for America. So uh, it doesn't mean well, that every tax is good. It doesn't mean anyone really enjoys paying taxes, but we all expect that that's our shade we have to do uh, to some degree. Uh, I wish I had it on me right now, but uh, there's a, a quote on um, the IRS building down in, in, in D.C. I had it for a couple of weeks and never used it, and I got rid of it. Of course, I need it now. But uh, it, it, it pretty much uh, talked about uh why taxes was important and, and the expectation of people uh, who want to live in a free country. Uh, so, right. you know, but. Yeah. Well, one thing, one thing that I will say is that, you know, I, I do know kind of tea party, which is, which is kind of a, of a, you know, uh, and a almost, <laughs> I call it a bastardized form of uh, libertarianism in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, they, they don't believe in taxes. They believe the government is taking your money, even though the government like prints the money and, you know, has the laws that help make the money actually worth something or whatever. But I would think that if you have a an IRS agent that's whose job it is to find out if people were evading taxes, then maybe it makes sense to uh to look at an organization that doesn't want to pay taxes. Period, you know, and, and maybe trying to fabricate something that doesn't. But you know, again, that could be profiling. I'm not, I'm not aware of uh, of the exact laws that the IRS has to has to follow. Something I will say um, about it is that sometimes I get frustrated with the fact that the president feels like he has to come out so hard on these issues when they try to when they try to pin him on the president. You know, it's like he has to he has to really be super harsh on these people and when in fact it doesn't matter what he does they're always going to be like that and I, I wish that he'd kind of say hey you know everything's going to be taken care of and you know we're going we're gonna to see it all through and then you know I'm, I, I'm not going to comment because I just don't see anything getting better for him politically uh, regardless of what he does because they've already resigned themselves to be so obstructionist in every way you know it and I agree with that too. I think that um, you, you talked about um, just on a personal level, not jumping the gun and making assumptions. And unfortunately, you know, he, he's been caught a couple of times by doing just that. Uh, but you know, it's kind of a catch twenty two. If he jumps out too soon, he can put his foot in his mouth. And other times, he doesn't come out fast enough. You have a, a Benghazi situation, <laughs> you know. So uh, I mean, that's a little deep, a little more deeper than just not coming out fast enough. But you know, when you try to uh, let the pieces, let the chips fall, so you have a full story. Uh, fortunately, people don't want to wait for that, and, and you have to end up being on the defense sometimes. So it makes things uh, messier. And, and so, right. unfortunately, he's been in that situation, you know. And I was, um, I guess, my thing is always, it, it's, and it's not just a, a Republican thing; it's a Democratic. So whoever's in power off a thing, it's always uh, the administration's fault. You know, no matter what it is, it's the administration's fault. You know, and I was kind of—we don't know who these two rogue employees were, but they were government employees. It's a very good chance they've been there since Bill Clinton was there. You know, it could have been. Right. You know, so there's not necessarily these aren't Obama's people that he put in office, and you know, are supposed to report directly to him. Uh, there's no way that uh, he he can tell who uh, you know any 
every employee in the IRS is doing. You know, I worked for Verizon. Uh, the CEO couldn't uh, be held responsible for two people in my office who may have been uh, giving certain companies discounts they shouldn't have given. You know, you just that's not the kind of oversight that they have as the CEO. Uh, so the same thing about the president, no matter who's in office. So, you know, that that's the thing that gets me. It, it's just politics has become such a little um, eight-year-old playground uh, game. Right. <laughs> just a bunch of little uh, grown babies uh, mm-hmm. wanting to point the finger. Uh, so, uh, but while we're talking about it, I mean, the next story this week that that happened was, um, you know, the Department of Justice admitted that they were tapping the phone lines of the Associated Press. Uh, Department of Justice uh, head James Cole, uh, well, actually, the Assistant Attorney um, uh, uh, Attorney General, I guess what it is, uh, had subpoenaed telephone records of 20 AP phone lines and, and more than 100 reporters. Uh, so, and, and this was supposedly done under the guise of uh, national security. You know, uh, I didn't hear about this story before it happened, but apparently there was something that happened, and the CIA was on a, a covert mission and had to do with Al Qaeda, and some leaks got out, and, and the Department of Justice wanted to know who was doing it. So they were looking mm-hmm. into the AP, uh, the Associated Press, and trying to research this and figure out what was going on. Of course, um, you know, they, the Associated Press didn't know beforehand. Uh, this comes out now. Um, Eric Holder has recused himself uh, from it all. So what? What? Here we are again with uh, an Obama's administration thing. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a little closer since it is, you know, the Department of Justice is his cabinet members that that are closer to him, in my opinion. Uh, but um, mm-hmm. what, what's what's going on with this one? Help us uh, work through this. Yeah, so uh so this one I, I think is a legitimate um you know, that's a legitimate uh right that I could see people having. I mean w- when um you know, after nine eleven we really gave up a lot of our freedoms, man. I mean the, the government can wiretap a lot of, you know, can listen in on Amer the calls of American citizens and under the Patriot Patriot Act they have a lot more um freedoms in terms of what of what they can do. And um and you know, I think what you tend to get is uh, on the on the um, on the subject of you know civil liberties and your and your private right to privacy. I think you tend to get a, a bit more consensus across the aisle in terms of you know the people not wanting the government to be able to spy or to or to you know wiretap or whatever without a subpoena or without you know warrant or whatever. So uh, in this case, the the real the real question, because from what I understand, you know, the, the actual subpoenas were done legally. The, the the question was about kind of the scope of them. You know, they were only supposed to listen to certain things or, or record certain information about them, and some people think that was improper. And I do, in this case, I mean, I, I totally agree with them. It, it does, from what I've read, it looks like it's improper. unfortunate thing is that you have an instance of, uh, the boy crying wolf once again. I mean, where where you have people who have been been um, you know up in arms about things that are so illegitimate, um, up to the point where they, there is something that is legitimate and it, it doesn't. You know, people kind of run to their to their side of the aisle to uh, you know to to support it based on what they you know their political ideology. And had had they you know called more things kind of to the letter and, and not made such a big deal about some other things and politicized them and something like this that is a valid concern would get a lot more, um, you know, would be scrutinized a lot more. Yeah, you make a good point right there. It's just a matter of, you know, you got to know know your battles, know when you want to pick them. They've tried so hard to just get any and everything that, you know, just be patient. Every president's going right. to have some scandal eventually. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, pretty I much comes with the office. You talked. You said something about Benghazi. I mean, Benghazi is a is a is a perfect example. You know, from from what I understand, there's there's more that's coming out about Benghazi that mm-hmm. may actually be, um, you know, that that may be more incriminating. However, because they jumped the gun and they want to make you know score political points on it so quickly, they uh, they have kind of soured people on, on one side of the, the uh, political ideology on Benghazi in general. It's just, you know, they went after Susan Rice, and then they, you know, they, they, uh, they want to, now they want Hillary Clinton, so everybody's in there going after her. And, again, it, it's, you know, it's like Salem witch, witch hunts, and, and American people don't really like that. We tire of that. So 
I hope they get it together, man, for the good of the country. Absolutely. You know, we're going to change gears here, speaking of the good of the country. <laughs> uh, well, that was a bad thing. Well, I, I tried to make it fit, but I really don't. I, I had nothing to make this <laughs> But uh, There was no bridge there. There was just no bridge. You, just, you know, you, see, you know what's coming out. I, I could have stretched. You know, it would have been a stretch. I could have tried to make it happen, but, you know, forget it. It really has nothing to do with the good of the country at all. But, uh <laughs> Um, the, the CEO, uh, this was posted in our Facebook group early in the week, and um, it was kind of interesting. And uh, just kind of put it out there, um, trying to see if I can find his name now. But the CEO of Abercrombie & Fitch, you ever shop there, man? I know you, you kind of svelte. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm below a size 10, so perhaps. No, man, I, I when, when I walk in the mall and I smell that place, I, like, hold my breath and keep walking back. So, no, I'm, I'm not a shopper at Abercrombie yeah. & Fitch. Yeah, I can't. I mean, the, the music is just way too loud in there for me. Um, okay, his name is uh, Mike Jeffries, CEO Mike Jeffries. He says, well, he, he's in hot hot water because um, apparently you know, I think some people were protesting uh, mad at Abercrombie & Fitch because they only uh, they won't sell over a size 10 or a large in women's, um, but they offer XL or double XL for men. Uh, and his response to this was... We want to market to cool, good-looking people. We don't market to anyone other than that. Now, <laughs> so that's where the uproar came, uh, beautyredefined.net. Uh, they made a statement, anything that defines your value according to your size is a lie, whether from profit-driven companies or the voice in your head. We must recognize and reject these destructive messages using our minds and our money. Your reflection does not define your worth. Now, when I first saw this story, I'm thinking, you know, Abercrombie & Fitch, this is the, the same store that, uh, you know, pretty much promotes, uh, publishes kitty porn in their catalogs. Uh, this is the same company that uh, sold, they got in hot water for selling padded bra, uh, bikini bra tops for um, eight-year-old girls. Um, so th- this company has always been uh, on the wrong side of politically correct when it comes to uh, marketing and, and, and going after the consumer. Uh, you know, that being said, I didn't have a problem. I don't have a problem with a store only carrying up to a certain size. I don't think that that really itself um, is anything wrong. You know, clothes cost money. <laughs> if you don't have a certain person coming in to buy your clothes, and you, you know you don't you don't spend that money. I think the issue here that that was that was made was him his assumption uh, that. Uh, cool, good-looking people are defined by, you know, the cool people are defined by your size, you know, and that, that was the issue. Um, I don't think the XL, you know, some people were saying, well, they, they carry XL and extra large for men, uh, but, you know, you can be, 6'4 guys can be very slim and still need extra, extra large because of the length, not so much the size. Uh, in, in the, so that, that's different. I don't know really if the whole male versus female thing on this one, uh, but simply the fact that, uh you know, this is the image that they're putting out that, that we only sell to pretty people, the, the cool people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and you have two young girls. I have a young girl uh, and and a son. You know, who uh, our, our image is so important nowadays, man. Uh, how, how do we combat this kind of messages when it's coming from people so high up? I mean, you have this is the CEO of the company. Uh, should should people yeah. be in an outroar? Should they just slide? Is there much to do about nothing? Uh, no, you know, I I, I think. Number one, I think that that our uh, the freedom of speech that we get in this country is is really a a right that we should value and treasure because you know we because other countries don't get that. So I think it's awesome that he felt that you know he had the, or that he had the freedom to say that. What I also think is awesome is that the is that the market can decide whether or not that's appropriate and, and act appropriately. So if his words basically hit his bottom line, which it seems to be doing at this point. I mean, he's getting tons of negative press again. And this is one of those things that I heard um I heard somebody actually tie this to the B word earlier today and which which is the the nail in the coffin these days and that word is bullying. They said that this type of treatment is what fuels bullying and you know how the nation shudders when they hear bullying. Mm-hmm. So you know that that I mean that could be something that really hits his bottom line, and, and maybe you start seeing him have to take some drastic measures, such as you know public apologies or stepping down or something like that, 
But the market gets to decide if they're gonna if they're gonna support him still. If the kids are gonna buy the clothes, and and you know what I do like about it is some of what I saw was you know outrage from some of the younger kids, and, and you know they jump in this bullying thing. If, if they stop buying the clothes, then you know he'll he'll have to change. So that's that's so I I, I think if he felt that he should have been smart enough as a CEO to not say it out loud, um, but. He, he made that mistake, and he said it, and he's sticking by it. So let the market punish him for it if it will. I can see the campaign coming now, uh, Abercrombie and Fitch, the official uniform of America's bullies. You know, I can right, see, right. I can see that coming down the pipe. And, you know, and I said in our Facebook group uh, the other day that I, I, I've never – I will never beg someone to make to let me spend money with them. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't want my money, I'm not going to protest to make you carry my size. I'm not going to protest uh, that, you know, certain people should be, uh, you know, able to wear your clothes. Uh, there's plenty of other options out there, people who uh, would like my money and, and are going to cater to me. So I don't think that uh, – uh, and, and the bottom line, you know, they always say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I think it's pretty much a consensus that this this dude is no Ken doll, uh, no matter how much <laughs> no matter how much he pays a plastic he, surgeon to try to make him look like one. <laughs> right, how hard he how hard he tried. But you know the the funny or it's not really funny. It's just interesting how people uh, direct their anger. Uh, I, I heard about this story where um, where someone wanted to protest Abercrombie and Fitch and hurt their brand. So what they did was they went and they they started this campaign called Fitch the Homeless. And they they gave uh, Abercrombie and Fitch clothes to homeless people so that they would wear the clothes and dilute the brand. And I said, wait, hold on now, aren't you bullying the homeless? Like, like think these things through, man. I mean, <laughs> you know it. So, so you know, it, it, it's crazy. But hey, it, it's America, man. We have the freedom to do a lot of these things and and to, to pay the cost and the consequences for our actions. So Absolutely. let it happen. <laughs> I, I tell you what, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So, um, uh, yeah, a couple more things we want to get in here. Um, let, let's see what else is going on. It's been so long since we've been able to talk, man. You know, so many things are going on. So, uh, let, let's talk about the, the the groom, man. Let's talk about the groom in Florida. So, I, I'll quickly read the story, and then you just tell me what you would have done in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a guy, Ahmed of Illinois, he headed to Florida last week to honeymoon with his new bride. The newlyweds were staying at the Omni Hotel when a 21-year-old went missing, prompting the wife to file a report with the police. What she didn't know was that her new hubby was actually one of nearly 100 customers busted in a prostitution ring. Among those taken into custody was a 45-year-old youth minister looking to have intercourse with a 14-year-old girl and an Orlando man arrested for buying the services of a 15-year-old girl. Clearly the least disgusting story of the bunch, Ahmed allegedly responded to an ad on Backpage.com believing that he was going to meet a hooker. The working girl is act- oh, actually turned out to be an undercover cop, and the would-be John was arrested, charges of solicitation of a prostitute and possession of Kush. Brian, this was his honeymoon. Dude just got married. Right. If he out there looking for hookers, I mean, he probably had an off-the-wall bachelor party that probably <laughs> already crossed the line before the wedding. Right. So right. how does he get out of this? How do you explain that? His wife only found out. His wife found out where he was when she called the police looking for him, and the police informed her that he was in custody and arrested. That's how she found wow. out. Wow. Wow. So I'll tell you what I think. I think you have to you have to um, go the Tiger Woods slash um, Titus Young route here and claim that you have some type of uh, addiction and or mental uh, illness <laughs> that caused you to uh, <laughs> to do that because it's just. I mean, when I first read the headline, I thought that you know that she caught that the wife caught him with the with the hooker, not that he was in custody. Or soliciting. I mean, and, and at your honeymoon, that's when when you really should be, you know, pretty satisfied in that area. So right. maybe maybe you know maybe he does have some type of addiction. That's the only thing. You have to fall on your sword and say, "Baby, I got, I'm sick." 
I'm set. <laughs> yeah, you said you falling your sword. Right? That's that's pretty funny. You said falling right, your sword. No, right, right. No pun intended. Right. So, so what? Hey, if, as long as you fall on your own sword and you don't let anyone else fall on it, <laughs> oh, what what would you do in this situation? Man, I've been faithful to my new wife. I don't know what you're talking about. Say nah. <laughs> hey, I I'd have had to go to Barry and Barry approach and be like, the yacht set me up. <laughs> I, I don't like, know. I was out here trying to get some Popeyes to bring back to the hotel room. All of a sudden, you know, I mean, it, it just how do you how do you even know? Like, if I'm on a honeymoon, I'm not picking up the paper to even go looking to know to go find a prostitute. Like, how do you know where to go look for a prostitute in a new city? So, I mean, this is just, I'm not about that life, I guess, because people know yeah. things that I just don't know how they even would know to know. Right. It's like so, drugs, man. I mean, I don't understand how people just, you know, go to a different town and know where to get some drugs from. I, I wouldn't even know where to start, you know. And, oh, I mean, it's not like it's in the yellow pages. And it's not like you want to go asking people because that's how you get killed. You don't just go around <laughs> asking, hey, you know where I get some drugs? Yeah, that's, <laughs> you don't do that. So I do know right. that much about it. So I, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed that I don't know. I don't necessarily need to know. But I just wonder how people end up in these situations, man. It just doesn't make sense to me. So I tell you what, man, last last thing we want to talk about, um, you know, Jaden Smith, He he's the boy. Um, of the Will and Jada's kids. He's the boy uh, that tends to look like a girl now, but and the girl tends to look like a boy more often. It's really confusing. But Jaden is the boy. And, uh, you know, him and his dad have this new movie coming out, After Earth. Uh, Jaden, who uh, is, he's 14 right now. He turns 15 in July. And this, this article, this little short article, uh, said that he already knows what he wants for his birthday, and that's freedom from his parents, Will and Jada Pinkett Smith. Dad said he wants to be emancipated. Will Smith told the son this week, I know if we do this, let me take that back. He said, I know if we do this, he can be an emancipated minor because he really wants to have his own place. That's the backlash. On the other side, if kids just want to have command of their lives, I understand. Now, Brian, I, you know, I try to stay out of other people's business. Will and Jada made it clear a very long time ago that they raised their kids a little different than most people do. They believe in giving them freedom, letting them do their thing, explore themselves, and find out who they want to be. Mm-hmm. But this quote just said, Will said, I know if we do this, which means him and Jada are actually considering like letting their 15-year-old boy emancipate himself and be on his own. <laughs> Here's another situation where I wouldn't even know where to go to start an emancipation <laughs> process. <laughs> like, like, is that what fifteen-year-old boys are doing these days? Right. Are they just up emancipating me? Are they emancipating me? <laughs> I, I don't get it. Like, what is going on, man? Is, is he going to live in the beach house like Will did on the show, uh, the, the freshman of Bel Air? Right, that what he wants to do? Right, in the pool house. Man, listen. Listen, it is this. This is the. I mean, it, this is a classic case of people just becoming kind of unhinged from reality. In my opinion, <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's right. you know, I I always I really I use the shaving analogy a lot when it comes to kind of delaying gratification and delaying stages in life. You know, if if you're 15 years old, you don't have to shave. Why do you start shaving when you understand that by the time you're, you know, 25 or whatever until the rest of your life, you're going to be shaving? I mean, he's going to be living with his parents for a very short period of time based on his whole life expectancy. So so why would you even let a 15-year-old even think about that or or or, you know, glorify that with a response as my mom used to say? I just, you know... I think that that we we go a little crazy and we and we forget that you know there there are there is some fun in not having everything all the time. I mean, next thing you know, this kid will be be strung out on drugs because he can't you know he can't find anything to thrill him. He he has everything else. So I mean, we can look know, at the, I, if you look at the track record, I I think I can think of two um, off the top of my head. Gary Coleman was emancipated from his parents. We see how that worked. 
Uh, Macaulay Calkin was emancipated from his parents. That didn't go too well. Uh, you know, Will uh, Jaden has it pretty good. Like his, his parents, you know, I don't, I, I don't think that they're, you know, withholding anything from him. I mean, he has it pretty good. Uh, right. Yeah. He he's got two movies that he probably didn't make a whole lot of money for, not enough to sustain himself for the rest of his life. So, you know, uh, if he's going to move out, are they going to still, you know, front his life for him financially or, or right. on his own for and real, you know, for real? It's just, the, tough, the tough thing is that they probably got him the job. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, I mean, his, in his movies, it's not like he like he's that great. I mean, he's a decent young actor, but come on, man. Yeah, he's so, got to at least wait till he goes through puberty to make sure he's still a box office draw right now. You know, he's still in that awkward <laughs> phase. People might want to see you when you're 18. Your, 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 your voice drops. People not, might not be interested in you anymore. Right, right. Exactly. So, exactly. Know. But, um, yeah, man, it, it, that's just crazy. We'll see what happens. We'll see what's next. Um, but um, I want to let everyone know, make sure you go out and, and check out the all-new, uh, totally redesigned RyanCGreen.com website www.ryancgreen.com that's green with the e uh check it out totally redesigned um new products are on there um more information about uh booking me to come out and speak host an event at your uh location for your church or organization your group whatever it may be go ahead and check that out i've been working real hard on that we launched that uh last week so definitely go ahead and uh check out ryancgreen.com uh don't forget reset 2013 is coming up August 2nd through 4th in Washington, D.C., go ahead and book your travel now. Uh, we will have the hotel uh, announcement for you on next week's show. Of course, we're going to uh, launch that earlier. Those who are in our Facebook group uh, will have the first dibs on that information. So, Brian, go ahead and tell everyone how they can follow us throughout the week. All right. You can find us on Twitter at RyeBry, or twitter.com slash show. We're online at www.rybryshow.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. So please check us out. Thanks for your support as always, and have a wonderful night. Peace. Right now, got a home full well, but it's all right now. Got a huff and buff and blow the walls right now. Don't aim for the block, aim for the stars. Neptune, Saturn, Uranus, and Mars. So even if you fall, you can land in the cloud. Better aim for the mansion and land in the house. Sky ain't the limit no more. Look past that. See the finish line.